Hey guys, this is Ian Happ from the Chicago Cubs. I'm excited to announce that my show, The Compound, is now part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Join me and my teammates, Dakota Meckis and Zach Short. This week, we welcome Cubs first baseman, World Series champion, Anthony Rizzo, to The Compound. Check it out. Subscribe. The Compound on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Warriors, Warriors, come out to play. Show me you want to be here. Show me you want to win. Show me you want to, you have that killer instinct. I do look at myself as being one of the most dominant fighters in MMA history. He didn't know it was going to be a buffet, though. He thought it was going to be a three-piece. Now you're getting the whole MGM Grand Buffet to the face, man. Hey everyone, it's Heidi Fang here with Adam Hill and we are at the UFC Apex where another event was successfully pulled off this time in the main event. Curtis Blades, Alexander Volkov have a really, I guess, long drawn out fight that was kind of indicative of uh, Blades style. Uh, but the main event I don't think was what was really the big spotlight of this card. Definitely the co-main event was the one that shined through. Josh Emmett putting on a dazzling performance against Shane Burgos. Adam, what were your thoughts on this event tonight and what fight do you really stood out? Yeah, I mean, I think the Curtis Blades fight did a lot to, you know, further his status, I guess, in the heavyweight division. It's not going to blow anybody away. Nobody's going to come away saying, wow, I need to see that guy fight again, necessarily. I saw a lot of people complaining on Twitter, but he did exactly what he does. He goes goes in, bunch of takedowns, and a lot of criticism of his gas tank. Let's be honest, he said coming in his gas tank wasn't going to be there. He didn't have a full training camp, wasn't able to get his full training partners. He kind of knew he wasn't going to be able to keep up his pace for the whole time, but I think did what he wanted to do, 14 takedowns, one came nine seconds into the fight. That's just what he does. But I think you're right. The 145 fight, uh, Emmett and Burgos is the one that everybody's talking about, the one that really stands out. Uh, just a slugfest out there. Uh, Josh Emmett hurt his knee. He still kept coming forward. Just a ton of leg kicks from Burgos, which I thought was going to slow Emmett down, and it looked like it did toward the end of the second round. But somehow Emmett just comes out firing more and more in the third round. A couple of knockdowns. He gets the victory. He wants a big-name opponent. He wants somebody in the top three now, and I think he'll probably get it because not only does he get a big win he keeps winning fights but also an exciting one a thrilling one that people are going to want to see more out of him well we're gonna have to wait to find out though what did happen with his knee there were some reports that there's a torn acl uh did you get any clarification on what his injury was no we weren't able to hear that i think he's going to go have to get that checked out we just got to talk to him as he left the arena uh his team had crutches for him he wasn't really using them uh so i i don't know how bad it's going to be we'll find out uh, after he gets that checked out but i think he's going to want to come back he said he like if he was healthy he'd want to come back and fight but he's going to have to worry about that first so you know we'll see what they can line up for him but a lot of interesting fights at 45 and he should be in one of those big name fights for sure i think after a performance like that people are going to want to see him meanwhile curtis blades did not impress dana white he had some very strong thoughts about that performance let's hear from dana white now he won he talked a lot of coming in this week i don't think you talked to that he talked this week and come in and perform like that talking about ragdolling people and he's not getting paid and Yada yada. He should be getting the title shot, and um, you know he gassed out at the end of the third round, made it to the fifth, and won the fight. Um, yeah, he won. You said to I me mean, he's talking about title shots. Obviously, you have a heavyweight title shot, and of course, Francis Ngannou is next. Um, but he said Curtis said coming in. I, once I win, I think I'll hang out, wait around. I should probably be right behind Francis. I mean, is that the type of win that you could give a guy a title shot? Well, well do you? First of all, his two losses are to Francis. 
How, how do you give him the title fight over Francis? But yeah, he would be considered next in line. With his performance tonight and his cardio, I wouldn't wait around if I was him. I'd stay active. I'd stay busy. You know, I like Curtis Blades, but Curtis Blades has the wrong attitude uh, as far as I'm concerned. You know, um, I, I don't have anything against the kid at all. He just, you know, when you talk like he talked this week, man, you better come in and whoop somebody's ass when you talk like that. Um, what were your opinions there on Curtis Blades' performance and not impressing the UFC president? Yeah, this is a this is an issue that really has kind of driven me nuts for a long time, right? I mean, this is a sport. The object of a sport is to win. And I know that there's a lot of people out there, Dana Wynn included at times, who just say, hey, I want to have a show. I want guys to entertain and put on, you know, a, a spectacle for us all. But the object is to win fights. And listen, Curtis Blades, he's not making any secrets about it. He tweeted out two days ago, hey, if you want to watch a slugfest, if you want to watch guys you know, stand up and just throw punches for five rounds, don't watch my fight. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to take him down time and time again. That's what he did. Uh, I think the criticism comes in, as, as we just referenced, the fact that he did wear down. He was tired. And he said he was going to be tired. He said he wasn't going to be able to have his usual gas tank. Usually he can just you know, not only take guys down, but really grind them down and wear them out. He wasn't able to do that tonight. I think he was preserving a little energy as well. That's part of the reason he didn't really go all out to try to, you know, ground and pound. He was just kind of getting takedowns and putting Volkov in tough positions. And listen, to Volkov's credit, he got taken down time and time again and yet still had something left to really threaten in the end of the fourth round and throughout the fifth round. So I actually thought it was a more, you know, entertaining fight than a lot of people did, I think. I think Curtis Blades did what he said he was going to do. He's a guy that just keeps winning. Two losses in the UFC, uh, eight wins in his last nine fights, both of his losses in the UFC to France Zanganu. So that's a fight he wants. It's going to be tough for them to book that, especially with uh, Stipe and DC uh, coming up here in a month. So then Nganu fights who? You would think Curtis Blades would be in that mix, but already saw that fight twice. Very interesting to see what they do with Curtis Blades next. Yeah, the heavyweight division has suddenly become very intriguing, especially as you mentioned, the confirmed fight coming here in August to the UFC Apex is Adam Hill confirmed with Dana White. So that's going to be a fun one to look forward to. And I don't know what will happen in the aftermath of that fight, but it seems Seems like both Stipe and Daniel Cormier have flirted with retirement lately. What do you think is going through their minds right now? Do you think that no matter who wins in that fight that we're going to see a retirement? I think if Cormier wins, I think he steps away. You know what, I, I'll say this. I think Cormier steps away either way. I think this is the fight that he wants. Now, the one caveat there, do you want to go out on a fight in an empty arena at the Apex? Now, I, I think these fights are exciting. I think, you know, they're, they're really doing a good job of getting these done. But if you're a legendary fighter like Daniel Cormier, is that what you want as your last fight? I don't know. Uh, we'll see if he's able to do it. I think a win over, you know, winning the, t the heavyweight title, getting Stipe out of there, winning the trilogy, if you get their second out of three, that's a very good accomplishment that I think would be good to walk away on. But... I think you want to do it in a full arena. I think that could be tempting for him. On the other side, Stipe is going to keep fighting. I, I don't I don't buy into his retirement talk at all. I think he's going to keep going, uh, keep competing. So I think he'll keep going. Probably good for the division if Stipe keeps the title, I would guess. And he could fight Nganu after that again. That, that rematch would be fun. Uh, but I think this will be a really, really good fight. And I, we'll see what they do after that because there is a lot of unknowns going into that heavyweight title fight. Hey, lots of other unknowns happening with Amanda Nunes, who has also flirted with retirement. That's been an interesting few months of MMA retirements and people saying they're not coming back to fight. Do you think that she is legitimately going to quit? Nope. 
No, okay. I'm not going to do that to you. I'll, That's I, cool no. enough. The, That's the answer fine. is no. no. Uh, I think she's just talking. I, I think, listen, she has a baby, you know, uh, due with uh, Nina Ansaroff, her, um, her wife, her partner is, is due to have their, their first child. They're very, very excited about that. I can't remember seeing people that were that excited about their baby. So they are very, really thrilled and fired up for that, as they should be. That's what they should focus on now. That's what Amanda uh, is talking about, is focused on, is ready for. She said she wants to do a lot of things around the house for the baby and, you know, build the baby's room, all those things. That's what she's worried about. I don't think she has, you know, any desire to actually retire. I think it's just, hey, I've got other important things to, to worry about now. And that's where she should focus her attention. And then after that, after the baby's here for a while, maybe early 2021, we'll see her back in the cage. They talked the other day, you know, about building that featherweight division. Right now, if you look at the UFC's featherweight rankings, there is nobody listed after champion Amanda Nunez. Uh, Dana White said he, he had just started talking about building that division when he found out she was thinking about retiring. I don't think she is. I think they'll start to build that division a little more. And she's still got chances and opportunities at Bantamweight. So a lot of opportunities out there, even though she has cleared out a lot of those opponents. It's interesting that you bring up Amanda Nunez and uh, Nina and Saraf going to have their baby because tonight we saw another couple celebrate and they were actually discussing having a child as well. But now that is going to be put on hold because Tisha Torres won a fight tonight in dazzling of just fashion. She was really on point tonight with her accuracy, her striking. She took a win over Brianna Van Buren and then her partner Raquel Pennington takes a win on the main card over Marion Renault. So uh, I guess now they're going to have to postpone things according to Tisha. She said she'll be the only mother with a six pack, but it's something that uh, I think these two are also looking forward to and they quite made quite a statement here with the UFC tonight because Tisha Torres was actually responsible for getting the Pride fight kits done with Reebok, which is something a lot of the fighters wore tonight. Uh, what did you think about the way that this worked out with these two fighting on their first event together and just their support of each other that we've seen throughout this week? It's a weird time to have it happen, right? They've talked about not wanting to do it because Tisha is too emotional about things and she said it's tough for her to do. And then they do it at a time where they really can't be there for each other because Tisha Torres has her fight. She gets a win. She's excited. And then she has to leave because of all the protocols that are in place with coronavirus. You can't stay around. So she has to get out of here. She has to watch the fight from back of the hotel. Raquel Pennington gets her victory as well. I thought it was the best she's looked in about four years. So a really, really good night for them. And, you know, and credit to them for getting the, the Pride Night stuff done. Dana White said it was just it was requested. He went along with it. And, you know, the, the backstory in that that we heard from them is that Tisha Torres wanted to get it done. She sent some emails. Nobody responded. And then Raquel Pennington's like, let me just text Dana. That was a little bit easier. He got it done. He pushed that through. So uh, if you saw those tonight, they were very, very cool. They were very excited about that. And uh, that was their work. And then I think they can really enjoy a celebration now with both of them winning. They haven't won to fight on the same card before. Maybe they'll do it more now because it worked out for both of them. Yeah, they also branded this week Team Rocknado. It's a hashtag. You can check it out. Follow all of their uh, stories along that hashtag as well. I went for Team Tiny Rock, I saw but that. I, I didn't know that they already had Rocknado. So. You got to get a little bit more up on social media. I saw when you tried that and I was like, you can't just change the name. And by the way, I can change it. By the way, some Starting really, thing. if you are looking to follow, uh, Tisha Torres the other day, as they were getting ready to cut weight, serenaded Raquel Pennington with some Usher. Now, I, it was not the greatest performance you're ever going to see. It was adorable to see them, you know, interacting though, but not the greatest thing to teach you if you're watching. It was just, it was a good job on the lyrics, but just not really, it wasn't there. If, if I'm, you know, Simon Cowell, I'm, I'm probably uh, saying no. Out. All right, guys, on that note, we'll go ahead, step away and hear a word from our sponsor. 
With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. So tonight, the bonuses also went to, for Fight in the Night, we saw Shane Burgos and Josh Emmett. Jim Miller went into his 35th UFC fight, got another performance bonus. But another one that I was really impressed by, a guy that took a fight on two days' notice, Justin James. He's a local trains at Extreme Couture here in Las Vegas. Guitar Hero is his nickname, a little outdated. But I remember watching him during World Series of Fighting. This guy has fought regionally forever. And I think finally he's made an impression, an indelible one at that with the UFC. So what did you make of Justin James tonight? Taking, taking advantage of his opportunity. I mean, that, that's all you can do. And he was a guy that just stayed ready. We've seen a couple of extreme couture guys in the last couple of weeks just say, hey, I'm ready if you need. And with these fights in Las Vegas, there's going to be local fighters that have that chance. And, you know, he basically said, hey, whatever weight it is, I'll make it. I'll figure it out. I'll make it happen. He jumps in there, not only gets the win, gets it done quickly, doesn't have to worry about any cardio issues with the short training camp. Uh, just a very, very impressive performance and uh, one he'll look to build on. All right, as we wrap up our final thoughts of the evening, I thought we could cut to Justin James talking about who he wants to fight next in the UFC and why. Apparently, he's holding quite a long grudge against Drakkar Close. I'm just going to stay ready. You know, I'll take another short notice fight. I'll take one with preparation. Uh, it, it doesn't matter to me. You know, I got a couple guys on my hit list right now. I want to talk to my manager and see what we can line up down the road and uh, take it day by day for that. Let's hear it. What's the hit list? Uh, Drakkar Klaus uh, beat me 2007 high school wrestling state championship. Got a little, uh, I'm a little salty about that still. He ruined my dreams. And then uh, Hubbard just beat uh, a friend of mine, Max, and I'd like to redeem his loss. Without there being an audience, was it easier for you, you think, than it would have been if there was a huge crowd screaming? Uh, no. Uh, I visualized this moment for years and years and years. I'm big on visualization. Um, I visualized, you know, first round knockouts. Uh, I had zero nerves. I'm more nervous fighting on a regional circuit than I was here. This was this was easy. This was fun. I haven't had fun fighting in the last couple of years because there's so much stress leading up to these regional promotions against these tough guys that are also trying to get in the UFC. Uh, and, you know, if you take a loss down there, you're not going to make it to the big league. So I, I was finally able to just to let it all hang out and wing some hard shots and, and have some fun. So, no, there, the more crowd, the better. If there's no crowd, I don't care. If there's a Ten, hundred thousand. I, I don't care. It's all the same to me. I've, I've, I, this is my twentieth pro fight. I had fifty amateur fights. I fought in big arenas. I fought in small arenas. I don't care who's watching. I just like to fight. So that'll do it for our wrap up here from the UFC Apex on the UFC Vegas three card. But UFC Vegas four is coming up, and that's one that everybody is gonna want to catch. A lightweight bout between Dan Hooker and Dustin Poirier. Man, this is going to be fireworks. I don't think there's any way that fight can be bad, right? Or did I just jinx it? You might have jinxed it, but uh, I, I will say, like, if, for those that have been complaining, like, hey, there's not big names on these cards. There's not fights that are good, getting people excited. You can't complain anymore. That is a good one, and that'll be here next Saturday night. All right, so for Adam Hill, it's Heidi Fang here. You can follow us both on Twitter at Adam Hill LVRJ. I'm at Heidi Fang. We'll be back here from the Apex next week, so catch up with everything that Adam has put out in print with the paper, and also check out ReviewJournal.com for all of the latest videos and news on MMA. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. We'll be back next week.